This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Live from Joe's mom's basement. It's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and get ready to have your turkey basted. Know what I mean? Because today, we're all gathering together at the table to give thanks for sales on technology. No? Well, then, why is Bridget Carey from CNET upstairs? Oh, today we'll be making turkey, but you'll be listening to all the hottest news about gadgets and gizmos from our favorite tech reporter. But that's not all. What are five financial tasks you should finish before year end? We'll share details and hear from one lucky caller for our Haven Lifeline. And like pumpkin pie and watching the Detroit Lions lose, we'll share my favorite part my fascinating trivia and now two guys who are about to change into some stretchy pants joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. stretch pants isn't that your everyday look like don't you wear yoga pants when you're out all day no, I wear those uh, Mac Weldon pants. Oh, those are fantastic. That look like they could pass as pants, but they're really just tight sweatpants. I actually wore those out back behind the house when we were having some work done a couple weeks ago. And Cheryl came out when I'm standing there with our construction guy. And she's like, you haven't changed out of your jammies? And, and she, number one, she said the word jammies. And number two, the dude I hired for construction who hadn't laughed at my outfit before that laughed heartily when I realized <laughs> maybe I had made a mistake. There's nothing wrong with wearing sweatpants outside in your own backyard. Hey, welcome to the Sweatpants for the Win podcast. I am Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Wouldn't that be a great podcast? Hi, today we're talking about polyester <laughs> on the show. We've got the polyester expert themselves. No, uh, good times coming up tomorrow. You stretching out? You ready? Getting your uh, Thanksgiving on? I haven't eaten since Saturday. That's the best way to do it. It's awesome. By the way, somebody that will tell you that's not the best way to do it, thanks to MetPro for supporting Stacky Benjamins. What a great day for MetPro, by the way, the day before Thanksgiving. For a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment, a 30-minute consultation about how you totally messed up Thanksgiving with a... You can get a 30-minute consultation with MetPro expert. Head to metpro.co slash SB. We should have had them on Friday for like guilt, guilty day Friday when you're like, yeah, maybe I overdid it. Actually, I have lost now 
eight pounds on MetPro. So it has gone incredibly well. We got a great- 28 to go. I know, right? We got Bridget, actually, very, 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 very seriously. I have 17 to go. 17. Uh-huh. I got the heart eight down. That's when you get to the starting line. Then you can really start losing some weight. The easy 17 to go. Heart eight behind me, easy 17. We got a great show. We got Bridget Carey here today. You know, we talk about Robert Niles in the spring. Like it's these signs now every year of what's coming next. When Robert Niles is on Theme Park Insider, we know that summer's coming. When Bridget Carey comes on to talk about the hot holiday tech and the horrible holiday tech, you know, OG, the holiday season has begun. Right around the corner. It's so exciting. But first, we got a couple of exciting headlines. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our first headline comes to us from Fox Business. This is written by our friend Liz Weston. Liz is somebody that we really, in fact, I've talked to Liz about coming on the show and um, she's written some fantastic books, just never, never been able to mesh up. But Liz did write a great piece for Fox Business. Five financial tasks you should tackle by year end. She says, consider putting these on your to-do list with a December 31st due date. She says, a task without a deadline, just wishful thinking. Sometimes you can get away with procrastinating. If you never get around to alphabetizing your spices, nobody's life is going to change. But putting off some tasks could have a huge impact on loved ones. So let's go through these. Number one, she says, by the end of the year, check your beneficiaries. I like how she has this as number one. Because this is something people put off forever. And frankly, the December 31st deadline, not that relevant. She said that 401k plans or retirement accounts sometimes have a year-end deadline. Perfect time though, OG, while you're thinking about family and friends to check your beneficiaries. I'm surprised by how many custodian companies actually change these or lose these. Or companies change their 401k providers probably once every six, eight years, you know, a better deal comes up, especially the bigger organizations where they're saving lots and lots and lots of money. And a lot of that information doesn't transfer over. We're also worried about making sure we get our same number of shares or our dollars over from, you know, the Fidelity plan to the Vanguard plan or whatever, when the company goes through a change. But a lot of times all those other things don't change, like beneficiaries or your enrollment selections or your asset allocation and those sorts of deals. I've all heard the stories of you know, the person who dies and they go to collect the benefit and, and the beneficiary is the old girlfriend or right. the former husband or mom, you know, it hasn't been updated in 25 years. Well, that's a bad thing, but it's even worse when you actually did it and then it somehow gets changed on you. Mom's an interesting one, especially because people, when they're young, they might start their first IRA they realize that IRA isn't what they wanted to do, or they start working with some other financial professionals, and that becomes an orphan account. And now all the other accounts have the right stuff, but you got this account hanging out there. And then I've met people that are 50 years old and uh, never changed the beneficiary in that account. And mom passed away a long time ago. Yeah. It's just creating a bigger mess for the people that are around you. That's all. Number two, it says review pay on death designations. Liz, obsessed with some death here. You may not have been required to name beneficiaries when opening your checking account or a non-retirement investment account. Instead, financial institutions may offer what's called a pay on death option. This allows you to name a beneficiary who can receive the money directly. Otherwise, the account typically has to go through probate. This is rampant. I know that I've got at least a couple accounts that don't have a pay on death. Not me. 
yours are all set up correctly. Because, of course. Because I do it the right way. No, but um, again, this is another area where it changes. We talk a lot about, you know, making sure that you're optimizing your cash reserve. And, you know, how many times do we take questions on the voicemail of people that are like, I don't know, you know, I've got $10,000 sitting in my Bank of America account. We say, hey, you know, go to Magnify Money. And, and you open those new accounts and that's not part of the required paperwork. It's not part of the account transfer process. And furthermore, most of these companies make it extremely difficult to actually put beneficiaries on checking and savings accounts. Even the online companies sometimes require written documentation that you have to mail to them. So not only do you have to remember to do it, but now you have to have access to a printer. You have to mail it with a stamp. You have to, you know, it's just, it's an extra step or several extra steps that a lot of times people just go, I'll do that later. That's too much of a pain. She's got three more on here. Update insurers and your heirs. Visit your safe deposit box uh, and create or revise your power. <laughs> That's where I keep all my money is in the safe deposit box. My all Jason Bourne box. All of those. <laughs> Random piles of different currency. All of those things are important and we'll link to those in the show notes. I like that list because they don't necessarily have a, a due date. But there's some other ones, OG, that are also important that people might not know about. I'll kick this one off with one of my favorites. If you have a flexible spending account at work, not an HSA, but a flexible spending account, that money has to all be spent by the end of the year or you lose it. So are you sure that it's by the end of the year or you have to incur the expenses and reimburse at the beginning of the year? You have to incur <clears throat> the expenses by the end of the year. Correct. Yes. Okay. A lot of stuff when it comes to taxes and spending, you know, you have to have all of your I's dotted and T's crossed for savings. You know, you're eligible to contribute to your IRAs. You're eligible if you're an employer, you're eligible to do your employer matching contributions after the end of the year. But your employee contributions have to be posted before December 31st. And the biggest thing that I draw attention to, I was just talking to one of our team members about this last week, is I do not like monkeying with stuff in the last two to three weeks of the year. And what I mean by that is if you're going to do a rollover, if you're going to do an account transfer from you know one brokerage company to another and it's your IRA, or even if it's a non-IRA account, you got to think about the logistics of it. Most companies have reduced staff hours during the latter part of the year, right? You've got the holiday season. They even tell us, our custodians that we use, say, hey, if you want everything done, we guarantee it'll get done if you send it to us by the 18th. After the 18th, we do what's called best efforts. We're gonna, we have a big pile of stuff. We're going to work through it, and maybe we'll get to your stuff. When we think about account transfers, think about how frustrating it'll be when you get a uh, notice from the IRS that says, hey, it says that you zeroed out your IRA on December 31st last year. And you're like, no, I didn't. I didn't zero it out. I rolled it over, but it didn't get credited until January the 3rd. Uh. And now you've got this two-year gap where one reporting agency says you sent it the other reporting agency says we received it, but they don't have to report that for another 15 months. And you're going to get a notice from the IRS. I would really just caution as you get closer toward the end of the year, if you're going to make big financial moves to kind of hold off on that potentially. The only other thing that comes to mind that I had on this was capital losses. If you have a capital loss this year, I think you're doing it wrong. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> You may be you may be investing but, differently than you probably should be. But maybe you got caught up in the canopy growth or uh, the cannabis uh, uh, hoopla. Excitement. And maybe you're down eighty percent since you put your money in, and you want to use that for some some capital loss harvesting. Yeah, better do that before the end of the year. I got bid on a little of that personally. I had a little bit of my sandbox money. You had uh, it some, went up in smoke in some cannabis. But I'm nice job. 
Uh, one more, one more that I'll add to this discussion is in the next few weeks, you're going to see uh, mutual fund companies, and in some cases, mm-hmm. it might be too late, see mutual fund companies begin rearranging the deck chairs uh, to make things look better. So if you have money in a mutual fund that's not inside of a tech shelter like an IRA, get a hold of the company and find out what day, if there's going to be a capital gains distribution and what day those are going to get out. And if you sell before that, if you sell before that date, you're not responsible for it. It's just the way the rule works. So you could avoid some big uh, taxes by maybe rearranging your own deck chairs. And I would add to that, that if you're thinking about purchasing a fund. Oh, do it after. Again, yeah. And you're kind of going whole hog and you're changing the whole deal. Maybe it makes sense to pay attention, especially if it's a big dollar amount. Pay attention to what funds you're purchasing. Don't buy it the day before they're about to issue the capital gains. Because you're going to get the entire year's worth of capital gains, even though you own the fund for you know a day. So just be cognizant of that. Our second headline comes to us from MarketWatch. Uh, this is written by Leslie Albrecht. And, uh, you know, we had Regina Conway from SlickDeals.net on Monday with some just awesome and crazy deals. Of course, we got Bridget upstairs. Bridget Carey from CNET was going to talk tech with us today. This piece, though, that Leslie wrote, says these are the world's best gifts to give according to science. I'm not going to read a lot of this. We'll just kind of skim it and go through what it talks about because it's it's very interesting. I'll link to it in the show notes at stackybedjamins.com. But Leslie writes, we've had thousands of years of practice, but humans still have a lot to learn about the art and science of gift giving. In fact, we often fail at it given the significant chunk of presents, 70 billion worth by one count, that get returned after the holiday season. Nearly half of consumers return one to three gifts over the holidays, according to research by Uptoro, a returns management platform retailers use. With that in mind, MarketWatch has their best new ideas in money series, gifts that pay off. The type of things that they say, they say, number one, OG, forget about the wow factor. We think too much about the holy cow when people open it. Don't worry about that. Think about stuff that's going to be useful that people will use forever and ever and ever. I have this griddle that we got at our wedding 26 years ago. I still think about my Aunt Marie and Uncle Dave all the time when we use this thing. We use this griddle at least twice a week. It was a phenomenal gift that at the time I'm like, oh, a griddle, big deal. But usefulness versus the wow factor. I can tell you were the cool uncle. That was the cool nephew, you mean? No, no. Now you are the cool uncle. Oh, yeah, because I'm giving the griddle? Yeah. You're like, no, no, Cuisinarts are amazing. You're going to love it, guys. Oh, it's going to be like, great. Uncle Joe and Aunt Cheryl, why? what am I going to do with a pencil sharpener? You're like, it, trust me, it's awesome. You're going to have this for decades. But I like what the piece says. Leslie writes, we underestimate how much recipients value practical and useful gifts. Gifters should think about what they want from the receivers. An instant smile and a happy squeal are something of greater long-term value, says Adele Yang, assistant professor at National University of Singapore and co-author of a study on smile-seeking and gift-giving. This is way too deep for this show. Just so you know. Do you think so? Second is be a sentimental Santa. She says people worry a sentimental gift will either be a smash hit or a total flop. And they assume a more superficial gift, like a less thoughtful present, but one that has as attributes that they know the recipient's going to like, will get a favorable but lukewarm reception. So they take the safe route. 
One of the examples in the study had gift givers choosing between giving a friend a large framed high quality photo of their favorite musician versus giving them a smaller, lower quality framed snapshot of the two of them together on a day they had a lot of fun together. The two choices equally priced, the sentimental one with the two of them together, far more liked by the recipient than the high quality one of their favorite musician. Sentimental gifts, something that combines the two of you, better, better Have gift. Have you ever seen the movie Four Christmases? I have, but that was forever ago. Wasn't that Jack so, Black? No, it's. Um, I thought that was Jack Black and uh, and uh, Jude Law. That's a different one of those Christmas conglomerate movies. Uh, no, it's the one with uh, Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, and they're the uh, uppity couple that are that can't make it to anybody's Christmas because they got to work and they get caught at the airport on TV, and now they got to go to all the Christmases because everybody saw them on TV. So they show up at his dad's house, and he's got his brother, and it's brother's kids, you know, and they're the cool aunt and uncle. <laughs> and he get, gets them like an Xbox and like a whole bunch of Xbox games. Like that's the gift. <laughs> they're like, whoa, this is awesome. And the brother's like, how did you get an Xbox for under $10? Cause that's, that was the budget. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, sorry. So guess what? You can be the under $10 guy. I'm going to be the Xbox guy. Don't worry, kids. Uncle OG's got you covered. I'm not worried about I'm gonna, the... I'm going with the cool gifts. I'm not worried about the price tag. I think something that links you to the other person. Every uh, time my nephews and nieces play their Xbox, they think of OG. I went and ran a half marathon with my cousin who nearly died of a heart attack. And it was part of his rehabilitation goals was to run this half marathon. And I went and ran with him. We have a picture. And he sent me this picture of the two of us at the starting line. And he's not just a, a cousin, he's like a brother. And it was so cool. It's not the type of gift, by the way, that a dude gives another dude. But I got to tell you, it was that one dude, historically, when you look at dude culture, one guy doesn't give another picture of the two of us framed. It was great. It sits on my desk. I absolutely love it. It was a fantastic. More importantly, did you pace him for the first mile and then kick his ass. Oh, I blew him out of the water, baby. For the, for the final 10 miles. And you were like just waiting at the end, drumming your fingers like you did with me when we did that race. I did like your wife did to you at that race. I waited till the very end and sprinted past. Smoked him. <laughs> Next up, uh, we let our own desires guide us. We give stuff we would like versus thinking about the other person. Okay. And then next we give material goods when we should give experiences like giving people, man, my sister Gave us a great one last year. You know, Detroit's revitalized. She knows that we love to eat at new cool restaurants. And she got Cheryl and I a gift certificate to a hot restaurant downtown. That was so fun. It was it was a great gift. Fantastic. And then it says, last, the world's gift may be time. Like a lot of time, we're trying to give gifts of lots of money when the big commodity is time and finding ways to spend more time together. Uh, great gift. I thought that was a great piece to remember. But definitely the Xbox, if you're shopping for me, would be a great gift. Airplane fuel would be for me. I think our takeaways on this are OG doesn't care about sentimental stuff. Just get him something with a comma in it. A lot of <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of sizzle. No steak. If there's two commas in the price of the gift, so much the better. Good night. That's yes. it. You're top of the list. Yes. Two commas. <laughs> it's, like, it's like those Lexus commercials where they, like, I got you a new car. Oh, my God. Buys cars how, for Christmas. How horrible would that be, too? And guess what? There's a loan uh, on it. You're like, yes. oh, it's it's silver. That's mm. like which company has the car commercials with the his and her cars? They went and That's bought two so, his and oh, so terrible. Yes, 
just such a terrible commercial. Consumerism at its worst. And then the second headline, it's that time of year, guys. Like OG said earlier on, and I love that. Don't wait till the last two weeks. Let's get this year-end stuff done now so we can relax and not feel panicked about what we might have missed before the new decade starts. Well, upstairs, she is a fantastic guest. That's why we've had her back. I think this is year number six that she's been with us. Bridget Carey, one of America's foremost technology journalists. I think everybody knows who she is. She's the host of CNET Update. I love watching her tech reviews. Not only does she give you the good, bad, and ugly like she has on this show every year, but she also usually brings brings a lot of a lot of funny to her stuff. Some of the tech that I've seen her look at over the years is just, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just not great. And then other things, absolutely phenomenal. So the Stacking Benjamins tech expert coming down to the basement from CNET. Let's say hi to Bridget Carey. And coming down the stairs to the basement, always one of my favorite times of the year is when we see Bridget Carey. A, because I know Thanksgiving's tomorrow, but also because you always have the craziest tech deals. How have you been? Oh, it's been a busy year. It's good to talk to you again, Joe. I know you're now you're now a mother of two. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I have a six-month-old now, along with a three-year-old. So things are crazy. I kind of tend to steer my life more towards the gadgets for managing my life because it's so crazy. <laughs> it's, I, I did a gift guide for uh, moms, you know, for the, for the gadgets that she really wants, you know, like for example, you know, if you get her a Fitbit, it's not going to actually get her more fit, you know? So like just <laughs> those in mind, we don't have the time to go to the gym, but you know, there's all sorts of trends out there now where like you can do things from home and that's the beauty of technology. It's funny how motherhood makes you like, there's a little bit more like reality for the average person. You're like, yeah, that's not a realistic app. Forget it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this then to kick things off. What's the biggest trend you're seeing this year, Bridget? Where's that at? What type of devices or what types of, uh, of things? I think you're going to see a lot of talk about noise canceling headphones. We've always kind of existed, but when Apple comes out with something, suddenly everyone is like trying to figure out, wait, noise canceling earbuds, that's their new AirPods. Their their latest model has noise canceling. And when I say noise canceling, there's two different kinds. A lot of people still don't even know this. There's active and passive. Uh, when you're looking for headphones and you're trying to decide what to get someone, passive is just something that is plush and kind of muffles out the outside sound because it's big and surrounding your ears, or maybe it's plugging up your ears. But active is this technology where it is listening to the white noise outside, the traffic, the muttering of your office, and actually making an opposite wavelength to cancel it out. Lots of different companies have their own algorithms to figure this out, and they don't all do it the same. They don't all feel the same. I personally never really cared for this technology because if I put it on and turned active on, I felt pressure on my ears. Oh. It felt kind of like you're going in a tunnel or underwater. Or it's just unpleasant. Uh, some people are not as sensitive, but uh, different models have different ways to release the pressure. So with Apple's new ones, they say they have a vent, so you won't feel it as much. And I, for one, didn't feel it as much. That said, it's the kind of thing that if you're looking for deals, if you're shopping for this, Everyone's a little different. Maybe it's something that people want to try out first in a store. But 
I like the fact you can always turn it off. You know, so it's not so even if you're not sure if someone's going to like it or not, it's an option. It doesn't mean it's always going to be on that little active noise canceling part. I watched your recent video that you guys did at CNET testing out the new AirPods uh, Pro. And, and, and I couldn't help but notice when, when, when you when you talked about the price point of around, I believe it was $250, kind of taken aback, That's, that seems a little steep. Yes. In fact, that's why you're seeing a lot of last year's generation models uh, on sale for Black Friday, because it, it, it is a lot. It's $50, I think, more than what they, what they normally were going for. But the AirPods second generation, which is a harder model, it's 130 at Walmart, I saw. And the same goes for on-ear headphones that aren't the ones you just kind of you know put in the ear, but they sit on. Uh, there's some Beat Solo 3 wireless ones I've seen on sale for Black Friday. So I think the reason that these new Apple ones are a little more expensive too is that these are the first that have uh, a way to have different sizes. So if you're someone who couldn't really fit those old ones in your ear, these have little rubber tips to you know see if you have a large ear or small ear, it should have a better fit. Yeah, it's funny. I think you said that the new Apple uh, AirPods Pro, as you guys were checking them out, you said that these fit in your ear better than the previous model. But I heard somebody a couple of weeks before I saw your video talking about how the old ones did. So I guess you're right. It's a case by case basis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's different. It's case by case basis. And it depends. Like, I'm the kind of person if I'm commuting, I want over the ear actual headphones because uh, the last thing I need is the fear of like walking over a storm gutter or walking through an elevator and having that one moment where it falls out of my ear. But people are saying that it's different for everybody. Let's talk about some of the basic things. Man, I look at the flyers and TVs just keep getting cheaper and cheaper. But is there any is there any new technology coming out? Is this a great time to buy a TV or do I avoid them? I think what you're seeing is the 4Ks for 65 inches, that's the big model that seems to be on sale for different types of uh, makes. It's pretty decent. You know, you can get them for around $400 to $500 now. When I'm buying a TV, what I want to look for is, does it have something like a Roku built into it where I can get all the streaming services? I don't have to buy different kinds of sticks and dongles to make it work. It'll just be a smart TV. And I think that's going to be a key good factor in, in any television gift you're buying, or even if it's just for yourself. Vizio is a good brand. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a brand like like Samsung for you know it to be a good TV or LG. Uh, those are well-known names, but you're seeing a lot of great deals on TVs for smaller brand names. So it's not a bad deal if you can snag it. It's just always hard to get a TV. It goes so fast. They're doorbusters, you know. They but, do, yeah. Some of the incredible deals that I've seen, I've thought to myself, "There's no way I'm standing in that line. I'm in Detroit in the freezing cold. There's no, there, like somebody else can have the 65 inch TV." Right. Exactly. You do see these deals. You know what I would say is, don't panic about. Oh, I have to get my TV on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. There's a trend that's changing now. Black Friday deals started so long ago, and they're going to keep having deals up until Christmas that you don't have to stress out as much. If that one thing you wanted, you missed out on, there will be another wave or two again before the holidays. Well, do the deals on TVs get even better around CES just a couple weeks later? Yeah. After all these new TVs are announced at CES, and there's also the Super Bowl that comes up, you always have oh, another yeah. yeah. So you can swing and a miss in this one. Let it Let the pitch pass, so to speak. I'm looking at a at a stat that I just saw before you, before you walked down to the basement, which is 
one of the must-have electronics in 1989 for kids was a Game Boy. And the Game Boy cost $89.99 back in 1989. What's the hot gadget today if you're talking about kids? Well, it's got to be a Switch, Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo still has winning <laughs> is winning that battle, right? Uh, except uh, now I've seen bundles uh, being advertised for Black Friday. That's always the thing with game systems, right? It's bundles. It's never the game system itself that really goes on sale that much. It's like, oh, here's a sale when you include a couple games. Speaking of retro, though, there are some new types of gifts that I'm seeing on sale that are typically not the kind of thing you would think of as a family home game console, like an entire arcade cabinet is now the thing you can get. Something that is almost like the old school arcade machines that you slung quarters into at the pizza parlor. They're remaking a lot of them. It's a company called Arcade One Up. These are almost full-size machines. Uh, they're like three-fourths the scale, but you can stand up and play. Uh, there's one that they make now for the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game or Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. And there's one for Asteroids that's on sale. So if you get the older games, the really old games, if you really like the classics, they normally go for $300 for a machine like this, but I've seen some sales where they go down to $130. Wow. Um, like, this is more of a statement piece for fans. Yeah. Like, Home decor, when you have friends over, obviously you're not going to play that one game every day like you would, you know, if you had a game system where you can keep switching out the games. But because of nostalgia, have this big resurgence, there's so many different flavors of how you can gift that nostalgia, whether it's someone who really loved that one game and wants to have something cool by the bookcase, or you're seeing subscription services to different types of games. And old Genesis is back. So you can rebuy the old Sega Genesis machine where it has like uh, 60 to 70 games preloaded on it. And that's, you know, under 60 bucks. I would never get anything done if I own that. Between that and all the subscription services, oh like my God. Apple has its own games, you know, now. And and there's all the streaming things to watch. I, I don't know how anything gets done anymore. <laughs> Is that a trend next year where you're seeing with Google coming on with their system, with all the different, um, you know, Microsoft now announcing that they're, they've got their cloud service, Sony going that way. But is that where we're headed, where all these games are just going to stream wherever we're at and the device is kind of agnostic? Yeah, death by a thousand subscriptions to my wallet. But yes, um, I think it the, the, the hiccup is that people are going to need some really good internet connections and that doesn't come cheap um, because if you're streaming everything on, on, on wireless, you know, you don't want to have these lags. And uh, some of the early reviews is that, well, the more complicated the game is, uh, is you're not going to get as great of an experience as you would if you had a hard copy of that game. Uh, but you are seeing the machines themselves, the, the next models of the PlayStation that they're talking about building the hardware inside so it can do better when you're downloading a piece of a game. So you're just uh. kind of streaming and half downloading on the go. Let's move over away from games. I could talk game systems all day, but let's move over to household appliances because that's been something where, you know, every year you and I, Bridget, have talked about how awkward some of these things are where your, you know, your microwave can also play music or, or whatever. Uh, has that gone any better? Are there any cool household things that are trending this year? You know what? Amazon tried to do that whole, like, talk to your microwave thing with him. And, and honestly, I'm going to say away from that unless it's a cooking gadget that someone really wanted like some pressure cooker uh for the most part i think that whole gimmick thing is kind of fizzling out what you're seeing that is actually useful are these small tablet 
like hubs that you would put in your kitchen to be the control center for all the smart gadgets you'd have. For example, Google Nest Hub is something that is a small screen and a speaker in one that you would just plop on a surface of your kitchen. And with your voice, you could just pull up recipes on how to make the thing you forgot or uh, pull up a video or watch something while you're in the kitchen. So that kind of gadget is a lot more useful. What I like about the Google Nest Hub, because Amazon makes them also, they're called the Echo Show. They come in different sizes and they have good deals on those too for the holidays. Like they're $50 a piece with the Amazon Echo Show small five-inch one. But with Google, I like that there is no camera on the front because I don't need more cameras in the house. Uh, (laughs) And last year's model is the one without a camera. It's the better one. And that's where you're going to get deals, always going at last year's models. Uh, So I keep an eye out for that if you're looking for someone who maybe wants to also use it as a digital picture frame. You know, you got grandma who says, I want to see more pictures of the kids. Well, you can set it up so there's a folder, dump the photos in, and suddenly magically they appear on her countertop in this little tablet speaker. What happened to the Facebook thing that you and I were talking about last year that we were kind of laughing about? Facebook keeps making them, and we as CNET have said, don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, that's nice. You, you made nice hardware, but like as a company, you have to kind of take into consideration as a consumer too. Like, who are you letting into your home? You know, are they proving themselves worthy of your data or are they stumbling? We don't have the money to throw around to deal with companies that are stumbling on privacy. We haven't talked yet about audio. What's fun in the audio department? Uh, We were talking a little bit about the headphones. And I think when it comes to audio, everyone's looking for, okay, uh, more phones out there, more smartphones are not having headphone jacks, right? So that's why people are constantly looking for what can I do with with headphones. And there are a lot of good smart speakers out there. I look for uh, ones that have some water resistance. You could take them anywhere if you want something that's it's like an easy Bluetooth speaker you could throw around anywhere. Um, I like JBL. JBL uh, makes a bunch. And Ultimate Ears. Uh, there's a Wonder Boom Bluetooth speaker for just 40 bucks, And that's a, a pretty good deal. I mean, that's Target sale for Black Friday. So yeah, you could find some really nice, cute colors. And they have little clips on them. So you can clip them to a backpack, clip them to your bike. And also just keep them in the house and they look cute. Two things I've purchased because of our past uh, discussions. One was a JBL speaker that I can, I beat the hell out of this thing and, and it was not expensive and it has such great sound quality. I take it everywhere. We go anywhere. I take this little round speaker with me and it is so nice and so fun and so inexpensive. And it just seems really well built, Bridget. I still have one that's beat up by JBL. I don't need to buy another one because they are really well yeah, built. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen a lot of interesting versions of that concept in stocking stuffer format. Like you go to Target now and they have these tiny speakers that are as big as your thumb that you're just supposed to, you know, yeah, bring your Bluetooth speaker anywhere. And they have cute little characters on them. And that doesn't mean the sound quality is that great when they're that small, (laughs) but it's, it just goes to show you that it's so easy to just now pop a speaker anywhere. People are, you know, making them cute characters. What about these advancements in home security? Have you guys done any work on that front? Yes, there is a lot, especially made by Amazon and Google. Uh, so you got to do your homework and see, well, what service do you want to sign up for? Where do you want all your data to be living? And how often do you want to check that camera footage? Do you want something you could just tap into once in a while? Do you want a doorbell camera? I think the doorbell cameras are really an interesting type of place right now where there's some controversy 
so to speak, with like, okay, Amazon has the ring doorbell. And there's been a lot of talk on having partnerships with different police departments and what's being done with that footage. We're kind of in an interesting, controversial time right now with smart doorbells. You know, where's that footage going? Who has access to it? Uh, Is your neighbor going to have it stream all the footage of anyone walking by and where are they sending it to? So I think people are curious and they like the benefits, but you definitely have to do your homework on which company you're comfortable with. Every year, you and I talk about some things we should definitely stay away from. It's always one of my favorite things to talk to you about. So give it to me this year. What What's kind of the product that you've seen the last several months where you roll your eyes when you get the test product in and go, oh yeah, no, thank you. We've seen a lot of talk about folding screen phones. You've probably come across the Galaxy Fold in different commercials and whatnot. This is where the actual screen can bend because it's flexible. And that didn't do so well this year. It came out. And then they had to pull it back from the reviews because it got so damaged by the reviewers. They had to try again. And that was like over two grand. And you can buy it. You could buy it now. They fixed it. But it's still very fragile. Um, And now Motorola came out with their new Razer. The Razer phone is back. But now when it collapses closed, the inside is entirely a screen. That is going on sale the day after Christmas on pre-orders and actually hitting stores January 6th but that's $1,500. So it's a fad to be like, hey, friends, look at me. I got a screen that could fold, but what can it do that's different? Why why is your life better with this other than, you know, being different? So yeah, that's one of those things where I think we're in the early days. It's fun to be excited about it. I love the Razor just as much as anyone else. (laughs) But I think uh, when it comes to, is this going to hold up? How many bends can it take before it cracks? Can it handle the fact that I put it in my pocket with lint and will the lint, you know, get in the gear? (laughs) These are the things you have to worry about. Well, so that's okay. Maybe that means we're five years away, right? I mean, it's coming. That'll be cool. And that's the thing about tech, right? Because you're like, okay, you know, have fun experimenting, but I'm not going to buy it. So, you know, are they going to keep experimenting or is this going to fizzle, right? (laughs) Well, and that, and I said that was my last question, but I I guess I do have one more because I forgot one big uh, category. Because when you were talking about folding screens, I thought about the new Microsoft, uh, what is Neo Surface or Surface Neo, the one where they've got two separate screens, but computers in general, anything we're going to see special wise on computers that we should take advantage of? I have seen a lot of good deals on laptops. I am going to say if you need to get a laptop, there's a good list on CNET right now with a bunch of deals. It's just like nothing is particularly super special. What, what I would say to look for is normally with these Microsoft Surface new laptops, their pros and others, all their accessories can be expensive when you add them up because yeah. you want that attachable keyboard and you want that stylus, but they're all sold separately. And there are some that you can probably snag entry-level models with bundles or just the, the actual tablet itself is cheaper. And that's what I would go after because sure, you can get a cheap laptop anytime, but when it comes to the Microsoft Surface, it's harder to find a sale. And uh, I've seen one right now. Uh, it's uh with the cover thrown in for $650. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where people want all the accessories. That's the fun part of the service. So you want to try to find a deal there. And the MacBook Air, it's like every once in a while you can knock 100 bucks off of it. You know, like the 13-inch one that came out this year, I've seen it on sale for $1,000. So that knocks 100 bucks off. Wow. 
Great stuff. We're going to have a bunch of links to everything that Bridget talked about. But I know, Bridget, that you might know a place where people can find out a lot more about how all this stuff works. If only there were a place, if there were one place on the Internet where people could go and see like reviews of all these things. If only there was a magical place. (laughs) Go to CNET.com. We have so much. And this year on our gift guide, we've actually narrowed it down to a type of person. So maybe you have just something you want to get just for moms, just for dads or kids. Uh, uh, So if you're not even sure, maybe if the person is into cooking, there's a category just for that for, you know, sparking some ideas. Well, I always think it's just fun watching your videos in general, watching you at the New York Toy Fair early last year, talking about Barbie was pretty hilarious and dressing up for Fortnite and all, and all that. You tend to like what you do, I think. It's a little scary how much fun I can have. <laughs> Bridget Gary, thanks for hanging out with us again and have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. Thanks, you too. Hey, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and nothing I like better on Thanksgiving than a glass of eggnog and some candy canes. Am I right? No. Not that holiday. Okay, how about a glass of pumpkin spice latte and some candy corn? Halloween. Okay, how about those little spongy yellow nasty like chick things? Okay, candy hearts? You're killing me. Uh, What do we do on Thanksgiving then? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We stuff ourselves silly and watch football. Count me in, baby. Better yet, let's watch Thanksgiving Day Parade. So how about we parade out your trivia question? God, that segue sucked. Okay, check this one passing by right now. What major holiday parade started on Thanksgiving in 1924? We'll be right back with your gut-busting answer. Well, if you've been watching live on our other show, Money with Friends, you'll know how much fun I've been having with MetPro this last week. I went to a board game convention, and while I was there, I had fun for two reasons. A, I had a plan around my eating, which usually I don't have one. I just destroy food. This time I went in and I told my MetPro coach that I stayed on about 60%, which by the way, not good, but still 60% more than I've had in the past. I usually paid no attention to my diet during things like that. This time I did about two out of three meals. I did well. And it was because I knew from my plan what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. And the number two was they talk about having great people in your corner. Jesse, my coach at MetPro texted me and said, Hey, hope you're having a good time. Also hope you're happy with the choices you're making. And I thought, what a great way to push me to continue to eat well while I'm on the road. MetPro, for people that don't know what the heck I'm talking about, is a company that starts off with metabolic profiling. Everything they do is based on your metabolic profile. And they start off with a baseline. They assign you to a coach. And then from that baseline and how it affects you, because different food affects different people different ways, they then begin tweaking the diet. I've been on mine now for three weeks. I've already had two tweaks to the things that I eat. And I'm sure that Jesse, my coach, is going to continue the tweaking process, mostly because she already told me that she would. And the education that I got 
at the beginning and continue to receive from MetPro is absolutely fantastic. Now, because it is concierge-level training, it's not for everybody, and it certainly isn't cheap. But when the commodity you have in short supply is time, you're someone who's busy, who wants good people in your corner, and you just need to find a way to eat right, to eat right, exercise right, and have a plan, MetPro is a phenomenal way to do it. Go back and listen to Angelo Poli on Friday's show, and he's the founder of the company. You'll know what I'm talking about. For your complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert, head to metpro.co slash SB. They'll go over your assessment. They'll tell you strategically what you need to do. That's a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment, 30-minute consultation, metpro.co forward slash SB. Welcome back, trivia fans. Hey, a quick question for you. Anyone know if they make the equivalent of the shoehorn, but, you know, for like for eating and pants? Just curious, you know, asking for a friend. But how about today's trivia answer, shall we? What major Thanksgiving Day parade started in 1924? If you guessed Mardi Gras, I think you better take a look at a calendar. Get clear on this like I am, but feel free to take my beads anyway if you want. You know, that the, uh, the real answer is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Do any of those floats creep anyone else out, by the way? Like the clowns, the swarms and swarms of all the clowns. There's so many clowns. All right, I got to get out of here and see if I can get a little preview of tomorrow's dinner. Why are there so many clowns? Big thanks to Bridget Carey for stopping by. Lots of tech toys. Oh, gee. I just take my wallet, man. It's it's coming up on time for me to buy a new television. I need a new television fairly soon. That big one that you have resting on the floor still where you have to get up and like turn the knobs and you turn it on and then you go get a cup of coffee and come back and the picture's finally coming to life. I'm surprised that's the part you complain about. I thought you'd complain about the fact that I make you stand behind it with the rabbit ears in your hand so I can watch the game. It's, those are the you try old. to get rid of televisions. That's the hardest thing about getting a new TV. Oh yeah, getting rid of it. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, it's like it. old computers. Hey, does somebody I've, want a free TV? Yeah, like no, no, no. I'm good. I got thirty of them in my my garage. I've got a whole bunch of computers in my house. I can't get rid of them. Well, no, d- nobody wants them. Jim Gaffigan talks about those. He's like, those aren't computers. Those are your uh, photo storing hard drives because you don't get rid of them because you got all these photos on them. Old times. No, maybe. Mm-mm. No, there's this thing called the cloud. You can put everything like into the internet. Is that Amazon new? keeps it all. Is that new? And then they sell it back to you later. Well, as long as Amazon, we talked about this on Monday. As long as Amazon has the has has the the, the, the search protector. Yeah, search protector. I, we yeah. we, we got to ask Jeff about search protectors. I think what's going to happen is that you're going to put all the stuff on the internet. You're going to use Dropbox or Box.net or Amazon Web Service, and then one day they're just going to go, and now it's all ours. Yeah. You go, I, but I want it back. They're like, great. That'll be $1,000. And then you can have those pictures of Vegas. Yeah. Or we've got How them. important are they? Hey, let's start with Dave and Lifeline OG and tackle some of life's most important questions. Great day for important questions, isn't it? The day before Thanksgiving in the U.S. Mucho importante. Yes. Our, our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Well, uh, <clears throat> obviously pumpkin pie. I have a thing about pumpkin pie. It's got to be cold. I don't like warm pumpkin pie. I agree with that. Like it has to be like 
Yes. Like, sat outside cold. Very, very in cold. In the refrigerator. Yes. Cold. Delicious. Warm pumpkin pie. Tastes Ugh. like you're eating mud. <laughs> yeah. It's flavored mud, but nevertheless. Yeah. Pumpkin flavored um, We're doing something a little different this year. So uh, we're going to cook the turkey on the green egg outside. Oh, so awesome. Green egg turkey. We'll see how it goes. And pumpkin pie. Which gives you more fun with your loved ones and you get more time with them. That's sure. why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. You can even pause now and just go get this done. Just hit pause. Go get this get done. Life insurance. We'll still be here. Right before your cholesterol spikes. <laughs> <laughs> the question, have you gained or lost more than 10 pounds in the last month? You're like, uh, yes. yes. It Reasons is, why. It is, it is. Duh. Andy Diams. Application simple online. You get instant coverage decision. All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160 years old. Today, uh, we're throwing out the lifeline to Marjorie. Say hi, Marjorie. Hey, y'all. It's Marjorie. I just wanted to call in to tell you guys that I read The Simple Path to Wealth. And when I heard about the Vanguard Total Market Index Fund, I just absolutely love it. It just did something to me. I couldn't stop walking around the house saying B. T-S-A-X. It's my favorite word. V-T-S-A-X. I don't know why there isn't a song called V-T-S-A-X. I say it so much. My husband kind of thought something might have been wrong when I wanted to name our son V-T-S-A-X. They kind of overrode me and we went with something pedestrian, Matthew. I mean, it's not V-T-S-A-X, but I did get to name something V-T-S-A-X. I got a car for 27 bucks and I call it V-T-S-A-X. Well, it was almost free, so it was okay, right? Yeah, BTSAX. So here's the thing. I like BTSAX so much that I got a tattoo right in the center of the crack of my It looks really, really good. But, you know, right after Earl got done putting the BTSAX tattoo on my I realized something. Sometimes companies change the symbols of their, their funds. So um, what am I going to do if they change the ticker from BTSAX? Am I going to have this meaningless tattoo still over here right on the crack? I mean, what am I going to do? Still love it, though. Thanks, Marjorie, for the question. You know, often, well, not not huge often, but I remember Cedar Fair. When Cedar Fair became a thing, when they merged some companies, they changed their ticker symbol from whatever it is to F-U-N. And I remember Harley Davidson, when they decided to change theirs to H-O-G, like it was something else before, like H-D-I or something. Marjorie could have a problem. Happens a lot when companies put funds together. They'll retire unsuccessful ones. So I don't know if the one that she has will be successful over the short or long run. But if it's not, there is a chance that the ticker symbol gets retired and merged with something a little bit more yeah. well-known, maybe. Yeah. You know, there's the laser removal treatments. I'm not sure what those cost, but uh, I've never had a tattoo. Oh, they're fun. You should get a couple. I have heard, by the way, that in uh, Japanese culture, where I'll be headed in March, that uh, tattoos not as widely loved as they are here. And um, society-wise, it might you might want to cover it up. We were reading some article just last week. Don't know if that's really a thing, but some BuzzFeed deal said it was. What are so, you going to do with the face tattoo you have? That's No, this is real. This is all me. Absolutely. Thanks for the question, Marjorie. You got a question for us? Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And Marjorie, 
taking home some swag for asking her question. All right, that's going to do it for today. If you're in the United States, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Spend time with loved ones. Um, enjoy the day off. Hopefully you have a day off. If you're working tomorrow, God bless you. Keeping the economy afloat. But yeah, it could be first responders that are working tomorrow. It could be keeping the Physicians. world af- keeping the world afloat. Thank you very much. Hedge fund uh, managers. There's all sort of people that are that are working tomorrow. Yes. Podcaster. No, no, we have the day off tomorrow. We are very It lucky. is a company holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's in the guidebook. On Friday, we normally don't uh, tell you what's coming up next, but on Friday, if you're not shopping, hang out with us because it's our annual board game episode. We get questions all the time, OG, about what board games we like, especially this time of year. People know what a nerd I am. I recorded live from Board Game Geek, a convention that happened last week. Had a fantastic time in Dallas and uh, got some prominent, prominent board game geeks to talk to. Plus, we're going to talk about a way to find uh, game cafes and uh, conventions if you want to try it out yourself and just go have some fun getting your nerd on. Really a low-cost way to have fun with the family is board games. All right, that's coming up on Friday. We'll see everybody back here. Go stack some Benjamins or some turkey legs. Your choice. Sure thing, Joe. Here's what everybody should have learned today. First, take some advice from Bridget Carey. While the new gizmos are fantastic, stick with the tried and true. By knowing what problems some of the hot new items have experienced, you'll avoid an expensive holiday tech wreck. Second, loser stocks in your portfolio? SCP IRAs need to be opened? Flex spending accounts still have money in it? The clock's ticking for year-end, folks. But the big lesson? Don't let OG help with the cranberries no og one scoop for you one scoop for me is not a great way to fill the bowl stick to the plan man special thanks to bridget carey for joining us yet again this year for another fantastic show you can find her on cnet's youtube channel under breaking it down with bridget or on cnet update this show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at, at @sbenjaminscast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
I got a couple of new uh, books on the table here. Ones I think that we've had on the show, but Agent of Influence, we had that dude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Story Brand. Yeah, we haven't had him on the show, but that's more because it's a business book. But that's yeah. great telling stories as your brand and your brand tells a story. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't cracked that yet. And then the last one is um, Setting the Table. Oh, Danny Meyer. Rest, restaurant book, yeah. He's the guy that created Shake Shack along yes. with a bunch of other restaurants. A whole bunch of other stuff, yeah. That, that book is phenomenal. L- let me tell you. I'm still in the part where he's like, still putting together his initial restaurant in Union Square where he's just trying to like, he's just trying to keep it afloat. (laughs) Well, those are working a million hours and you know, all that sort of stuff. Those are some of my favorite lessons though, because I don't know when I was reading that book, I felt like that's where I was. And then you can see some of the systems he came up with later, like why they work so well, because Mm -hmm. he shows the downside of not having them. And uh, man, just great for, even if you're not in the restaurant business, well, don't you like just learning from people that do, congruent things. Like, I don't know. I was listening to Jocko take over the, uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast today, the latest episode of Tim Ferriss. And just the way Jocko- He's so hard to listen to. He is kind of hard to listen to. But when he, when he puts things in battle terminology, and I know that's not for everybody, but he talks about times when you should retreat. You shouldn't give up, but you should retreat. He was talking about that. I thought, what a great lesson for people. Like people think that retreating means giving up. And he said, because, you know, seals say never give up. Well, retreating so that you don't get your, you don't walk into something that's just horrible is not the same thing as giving up. Regrouping and deciding a better way is very much not giving up. So that that was good. But anyway, Danny Meyer, I like that book so much. So I read it. And then a few years later, it came out in paperback, or maybe it came out in paperback quickly, but I didn't see the paperback and it is a different cover. And I went, I'm shopping on Amazon and I went, Oh my God, Danny Meyer has another book out and I ordered it. (laughs) And then I, this is really good. I, I read the first chapter and I went, I swear to God, I've read this before. And then I went and I found my hardcover sitting over there. Same damn book. I got it twice. So good. That's okay. Yeah. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month, and I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.